you, Andrew. This was, this was great. Yeah, yeah, I'll be listening to you guys, too, so do a good job. Today. Absolutely. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, so for Andrew Shapiro and David Carlson, uh, let's give you a good night and a go blue. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture and cultural celebrations and such, and there's much to celebrate. But one of the main things to celebrate now is, well, my car just told me it was 23 degrees, and I tend to believe whatever my car says, and that's balmy. It's 23. There is hope yet. So let's get a little more warmed up, though. Well, why don't we do that with uh, some Fats Domino, Honey Child? You will live with wonderful charm. I love to hold you in my own Only you can feel me like you do So hold that kiss for a long, long while You know I love you, honey child I love to hear you whisper low You know you really thrill me so Only you can feel me like you do So please don't put me on that shelf You know I cannot help myself I am happy as a baby boy You ain't nothing but a bundle of joy Only you can feel me like you do Bend your legs and pigeon toes You know I love you, goodness knows But I love to hold you in my own No one can feel me like you do So hold that kiss for a long, long while You know I love you, honey child I am happy as a baby boy You ain't nothing but a bundle of joy Only you can feel me like you do Bend your legs and pigeon toes you know I love you, goodness knows. Oh, I think we warmed it up to 26 now. That was Honey Child by Fats Domino. Yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, I always was puzzled by that line until I realized they were saying, bend your legs and pigeon toes. I was thinking, what are banjo legs? Banjo legs. Speaking of banjo... Remembering Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger died on Monday. Did he play banjo? I think he did. He was 94 years old, and there's a nice story of a positive impact he had in Ann Arbor in an article by Jen McKee in MLive about how Ann Arbor's, about Ann Arbor's legendary folk club, The Ark. Dave Siglin ran the club for many years, and he says The Ark was in financial trouble in 1974, and Pete Seeger agreed to do a benefit. Siglin says they set up at the Michigan Theater, and he says, When the day came, I met him at the airport and drove him to Ann Arbor. He got in the car and asked, How long does it take to get there? 
about 25 minutes. Okay, tell me everything you can about the arc in 25 minutes. Start at the beginning. Audience member Chuck Tyson was at the show. He was inspired, and he eventually took over the ARC's fundraising efforts, helped Siglin and his team reorganize and move forward, eventually becoming part of the ARC's board of directors. And for the last few years, there's been a show on Pete Seeger's birthday called For Pete's Sake, in tribute to him. So a positive impact Pete Seeger had on Ann Arbor, and you'd probably hear a lot of Ann Arbor musicians who would agree with that musically and in many other ways. In the meantime wrote some songs, popularized some songs, got a lot of people singing. Here's one of his songs as performed, actually uh, popularized by him, uh, performed by Jimmy Rogers. Not Jimmy Rogers from the the 1920s, not the blues singer from later, but the one in between, you know, that guy. Goes a little something like this. Well, when I was a young man and never been kissed, I got to thinking it over how much I had missed. So I got me a girl and I kissed her and then and then Oh lordy, well I kissed her again Because she had kisses sweeter than wine She had mm-mm, kisses sweeter than wine Sweeter than wine Well I asked her to marry and be my sweet wife I told her we'd be so happy for the rest of her life I begged her and I pleaded like a natural man And in the whoops, oh lordy, well she gave me her hand Because she had kisses sweeter than wine She had, mm-mm, kisses sweeter than wine sweeter than wine Well, we worked very hard, both me and my wife For working hand in hand to have a good life We had corn in the field and wheat in the bin And in the whoops, oh Lord, I was the father of twins because she had kisses sweeter than wine. She had mm-mm, kisses sweeter than the wine. Sweeter than wine. Well, our children ain't number just about four, and they all had a sweetheart and knocking at the door. They all got married and they wouldn't hesitate. I was a whoops, oh Lord, the grandfather of eight because she had kisses sweeter than wine she had mm-mm, kisses sweeter than wine Jimmy Rogers, that's Rogers with a D. Jimmy Rogers and Kisses Sweeter Than Wine. And just to clarify, yeah, uh, Pete Seeger didn't write that, but was that was one of the many songs that he made popular and shared with the rest of the world with the Weavers. And thank you, Pete. Now there's some news this week. Uh, been a couple of years of squabbling over far, the Farm Bill, which is a very complicated thing, but says the Associated Press, after two years of squabbling over food and farm policy, This week, the House of Representatives passed a compromise farm bill and 
it contained a cut in food stamps and preserving, and yet it preserved most crop subsidies. Let's try this again. The measure had solid backing from the Republican leadership team, even though it makes smaller cuts to food stamps than they would have liked. The bill would cut about $800 million a year from the food stamp program. That's a cut of about 1% of the total. The House had sought a 5% cut, $800 million times 5 That's a lot. The legislation also would continue to heavily subsidize major crops for the nation's farmers while eliminating some subsidies and shifting them toward more politically defensible insurance programs. But Representative Jim McGovern of Massachusetts said the cut, the farm stamp cut, will be harmful on top of automatic food stamp. Try it again. Jim McGovern says the cut in food stamps will be harmful on top of automatic food stamp cuts that already went into place in November. So that just happened. Meanwhile, and this is kind of an odd sort of confluence of of things, uh, about Andrew Jackson's big block of cheese. What's that you say? This week, actually yesterday, the White House... Okay, the the farm bill passed yesterday. Meanwhile, yesterday, the White House held a big block of cheese day, partially inspired by Andrew Sorkin and his television show, The West Wing, which had a big block of cheese day. But that fictional story was based on a story about Andrew Jackson, who apparently had a big block of cheese day. So, says here in uh, mentalfloss.com, make sure after you eat a big block of cheese to floss. There's a great scene in the West Wing's episode of The Crackpots and These Women, in which White House Chief of Staff tries to invigorate his exasperated team with a story about how Andrew Jackson kept a two-ton block of cheese in the foyer of the White House. According to Leo's story... Jackson left the cheese there as a populist symbol. Anyone who was hungry could pop into the White House for a quick bite to eat. While the notion of Jackson operating a free federal snack bar is appealing, the story told by Leo isn't totally accurate. However, it is not that far from the truth. So the story is that people loved Andrew Jackson, and Jackson loved cheese, so what better way to celebrate Jacksonian democracy than by sending Old Hickory himself an enormous wheel of cheese? Dairy farmer Colonel Thomas C.S., that is Thomas S. Meekum of Sandy Creek, New York, hit on this notion in 1935, and he had the know-how to craft a titanic cheddar. The fruit of his labor was a wheel that was four feet in diameter, two feet thick, weighed nearly 1,400 pounds, wrapped in a giant belt that bore patriotic inscriptions like the Union, it must be preserved. The cheese was actually the crown jewel of a larger collection of 10 cheeses that appeared at an 1835 patriotic celebration in New York. After the locals all got a good look at the cheese and felt themselves well up with national pride, the wheel was loaded onto a schooner and sent sail for its new home on Pennsylvania Avenue. Meekum sent off two other 750-pound wheels in the same shipment, one for the vice president and one for New York's governor. So Jackson apparently had a reaction when the cheese finally arrived to the, at the White House, which is, what am I going to do with this? According to 19th century biographer James Parton, the old general gave giant chunks of the cheese to his friends, but he was still left with an absurdly outsized block. Jackson could conquer the Bank of the United States, but he was helpless against such a massive wheel of cheese. By 1837, Jackson's second term was winding down, and he wasn't about to haul a two-year-old mountain of cheese with him when he left office, so he decided to make the famed fromage a featured player at his last public reception at the White House. It was an astute move. There's nothing people love more than free food. Yes, correct. The reception's 10,000 visitors attacked the wheel of cheese with such fervor that the entire thing was gone within two hours. 
The reception took care of the cheese disposal problem, but the cheddar certainly wasn't forgotten. There are certain downsides to sending a big honking block of cheese to a warm climate like Washington and have it sit around for a couple of years. Namely, the cheese starts to get a bit fragrant, and a block that massive can give off some serious cheese stink. Washingtonians could already smell the cheese, which one dubbed an evil-smelling horror, for several blocks around the White House before the big party. Of course, if a cheese has sat in a room long enough, its aroma can permeate into the fixtures. Jackson's successor, Van Buren, apparently found this out the hard way, says the publications of the Colonial Society of Massachusetts, reprinting a letter written by former Senator John Davis's wife, Eliza. Mrs. Davis wrote, The White House has been put in order by its present occupant and has vastly improved. Van Buren says he had a hard task to get rid of the smell of cheese. And in the room where it was cut, he had to air the carpet for many days to take away the curtains and to paint and whitewash before he could get the victory over it. Victory over cheese. Hmm, yes. It's a funny time we live in right now, and there's a song uh, vaguely related to all these things from uh, the 1980s. It goes a little uh, something like this. A dollop of irony, a big hunk of cheese, and well, here we go. Bust out the windows, put his family on food stamps now He's a big spender, no food on the table And the bills ain't paid Cause he's spending on cigarettes and PGA They'll turn us all into beggars Cause they're easier to please They're feeding our people that government cheese And you'll find them in the dirt Learning how to carry on the family line of work It's the man in the White House The man under the steeple Passing out drugs to the American people I don't believe in anything Nothing is free They're feeding our people that government cheese Government Cheese government
Ouch. That was the Rainmakers and Government Cheese. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. It's quarter to seven. Arwolf will be here to help us face the music in no time flat. Fifteen minutes or so, I'd reckon. Now, there is a fundraiser for the Belle Isle Conservancy, the wonderful Belle Isle Park in Detroit, coming up on Saturday. It's a hot soup fun drive outside outside. I think we're going to have two inches of snow on Saturday. I think, actually, you know, there's there's an event called Shiver on the River, in fact. Oddly enough, the, this will feature hot, fresh soup served with bread, fresh-baked cookies, and a hot chocolate bar as well, with pies also available by the slice. And they're raising money to directly benefit the Belle Isle Conservancy. It's the Flynn Pavilion this Saturday from 12 to 2, it's de- the Flynn Pavilion was designed by renowned architect Aero Saarinen, who also designed the Gateway Arch in St. Louis and the TWA Terminal in NYC. So there you go. Now, last week, not too long ago, in fact, was the birthday of Robert Burns, Scotland's national poet, famous for writing Auld Lang Syne, the New Year's song, and we'll get to another new year in a moment here. Well, he also wrote one of his most famous poems was To a Haggis, Written in, 19, written in 1786, not long after Burns arrived in Edinburgh, this poem has become the centerpiece of Burns' suppers, which are celebrated around the world, celebrating the birthday of Scotland's national poet on January 25th. I just happened to be in Windsor, Ontario, for one of those events that just happened to be the 250th anniversary of the birth of Robert Burns in 2009. Let's hear a fellow by the name of Kit McAvoy, a mighty good fella and bartender in Windsor, reading... To a haggis, shall we? He's going to slice, he's going to pull out his knife, and he's going to slice the haggis too, so. But first, the poem. Fair for your honest sonsy face, great chieftain of the pudding race, aboon them all ye take your place, punch, tripe or therm, and we'll I ye wordy o'er grace as langs my erm. The groaning trencher there ye fill, your hurdies, like a distant hill, and your pin would help to mend a mill in time of need, and through your pores the Jews distill like amber bead. And he's reaching for the knife now. Here we go. His knife. See rustic labor dight, and cut you up with ready slight, trenching your gushing entrails bright like ony ditch. And then, oh, what a glorious sight, warm, reeking, rich. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, deal tack the hindmost on they drive, till all their well-swallied kites be live, or bent like drums, then all good men be slight to drive, be thank it hums. Is that him or his French ragout? Or Alio that would start a sue, or fricassee that would mack him spew with perfect sconer, looks down with sneering, scornful view on sick of dinner. Poor devil. You see him or his trash, as feckless as a wizard trash, his spindle neep a gidweep lash, and his neave a knit through bloody flood and field to dash. Oh, how unfit. But mark the rustic, haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his tread, clap in his wallied neve a blade, and he'll mack it whistle, and legs, and arms, and heeds 
will sned like taps a thristle. Ye powers that give mankind their care and dish them out their daily wear, all Scotland wants no skunking wear that jokes and loogies, for if you wish her grateful prayer, gee her a haggis. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand up and join me in a toast. A toast indeed to a haggis. Thank you. That was Kit McAvoy, a good man, a bartender, and a poet himself, speaking the words of Robert Burns, celebrating Robert Burns' birthday on the 25th. And as I mentioned, Robert Burns, famous for writing Auld Lang Syne, the New Year's Eve poem, and became a song. I should mention that in the Independent newspaper last week, it was reported that an airport bomb scare turned out to be just a haggis. A Scotsman had his haggis confiscated at Birmingham Airport security, though his knife made it onto the plane. Airport security said they suspected Ian Blake, who was traveling home to Inverness, had a plastic explosive in his luggage. He said, as I was going through the scanning device, airport security staff pulled me out of line and said, We think you have a suspected plastic explosive in your luggage, sir, he told Edinburgh News. Then they took out the haggis and started examining it. I don't think it was the plastic wrapping that was suspect. I think it was the actual consistency or denseness of the national dish. Maybe they thought I was disguising plastic explosive as a haggis. When they read the labeling and so on, they realized that it was just a Sonsi haggis and I was allowed to go on my way. I think they were a bit embarrassed. I thought the whole thing was highly amusing, but security staff are usually pretty po-faced and they didn't really see the joke. The ironic thing was I also was carrying my skin do the knife. It was inside a pair of shoes in my bag. I thought the scanner might pick up the metal on the knife, but it didn't. It was just the haggis that they thought might be dangerous. Very, very dangerous indeed. Well, that's a little bit stressful to think about, so let's warm up a little, shall we? A little bit of warm music, huh? Was home a tropical town. Sie gefind sich a Platz beim tropical yam. Sie gesinnt die dich weiß, war ging genau. Wie die Climate is heiß, in die Wasser is kalt in Korealam. In Korealam. Sie is a paar genügen in Korealam. In Korealam. Ah, this is my land. So give the tropical down to the tropical seashore by them yum, 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 yum. Take an old shoe box, pack it up with lunch Because on the beach the bunch likes to munch You won't have to season the carrots and peas There's garlic and cheese in the ocean breeze In Korea In Korea It's so continental in Korea In Korea Yes, that's my land So take the family Molly and Sammy Swimming in them Yum, 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 yum you don't have to run to Miami down south Here you get the same sand in your ear and your mouth Here you sit in the sun, don't cost a cent Sis billig be borscht in your bed, verbrennt in Korea In Korea Sis a fargenigen in Korea In Korea this is my land. Bin shane made a lot. Good sing the clay the lot. Swimming in them. Yum, 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 yum. Sizzle, Michael. 
mich stipp, in mich schluck, sie spät bei Nacht in euer Knug. Eus gematter, gepatter, da tug in Konealand. In Konealand. Wir kennen werden verblonschet in Konealand. In Konealand. Dort das ist mein Land. So gibt's euch a tropical down to the tropical seashore by dem yum, 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 yum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Coney Island. Why don't you go to a local Michigan Coney Island and just dance on the tables and sing that? Why don't you? I'll watch. I'll take pictures. I'll post them. That was the Berry Sisters, originally known as the Bagelman Sisters, which is a fine, fine food name, but Berry Sisters they became when they went into show business, and that's just fine. That was Coney Island. And it's Chinese New Year in some parts of the world already, where January 31st already is. It is Chinese New Year about to begin January 31st here. Did that make sense? Is about to begin January 31st here? Yes. Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese New Year to those who would celebrate that. Very, very happy times to you. And I want to mention a few Chinese New Year celebrations in the area. Looks like the Ypsilanti Public Library's already got going at the Superior and Whitaker branches. They're already off and running. They've been celebrating Chinese New Year today since the middle of the afternoon. Looks like people will have the opportunity to decorate Chinese lanterns, decorate dragons, and create their own fortune cookies until 9 this evening. That's specifically at the Superior and Whitaker branches of the Ypsilanti Public Library. That's according to the Ypsilanti District Library website. Wouldn't hurt to call ahead to make sure they're still doing all of that exactly until 9, but says here, that's at the Ypsilanti Public Library's Superior and Whitaker branches. This Sunday at the Detroit Institute of Arts, in honor of the 2014 Chinese New Year, Year of the Horse, the Asian Martial Arts Studio will present a classical Southern-style lion dance performance, complemented by gongs, drums, and cymbals, followed by a demonstration of various kung fu forms. There will be performances this Sunday at noon and 3 p.m. at the DIA, uh, with the lion dance and all of that beautiful, all those beautiful things. Going way ahead to February 16th, Whole Foods on Ann Arbor Saline Road is going to have a Chinese New Year event. Students from the Ann Arbor Chinese Center of Michigan will perform a lion's dance. A they'll perform traditional Chinese music, Chinese yo-yo and ribbon dance. Customers will be able to try their hand at Chinese calligraphy, traditional paper cutting, and other learning materials. That's on February 16th at 2 p.m., at the Whole Foods on Ann Arbor Saline Road. Happy New Year. Happy Chinese New Year to everybody. Thank you for listening. I've been Mike for at least a half an hour now, and I hope to continue doing that for many half hours to come. Arwaf will be here in just a moment. In fact, he's right behind me getting ready. He's going to have a great Face the Music show coming up. In the meantime, folks are getting ready for the Super Bowl, and we have this dispatch from a watering hole in town. Uh, some folks by the name of the Corn Cobblers, spelled with a K, Corn and K Cobblers. This is their song. This is what's happening. This is how they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Keep on listening and don't stop doing that. From the corner saloon Now the folks can't go anymore 
How they miss that spittoon at the corner saloon When they try to go as of yore I smoked a bartender, Juddy Geish, his floor's getting bloody Cause where it's set, they're scrubbing yet, and Geish, he's getting sore Since they stole that spittoon from the corner saloon Oh, the folks can't go anymore He could swap the old brass pot of coming through the door Since they stole that spittoon from the corner saloon Now the folks can't go anymore Hey, Grandpap, I heard you won first prize at the contest at the fair this fall Would you step up here and show the folks that famous ball curve you won that contest with? Stand back, boys, here she goes <clears throat> The Corn Cobbler is on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks, Mike. Those guys uh, land somewhere between Spike Jones and the Hoosier Hot Shots, right? The show that's beginning right now is called Face the Music. Happens every Thursday at this time for about 60 minutes. I have carefully selected an hour's worth of old records that I would like to present now in hopes that they help you to feel better. It's been a rough winter so far, and it's not even February yet. Up here in Michigan, we like to rub radios together and look out for each other, stay warm and safe and stuff. But right now, this uh, recording takes us to Paris, France, in March of 1951. Roy Aldridge has his trumpet, and Claude Bowling, who in 1951 was making a name for himself as a traditionalist, sort of a uh, traditional jazz revivalist over there in, in Europe. He's playing the piano. They're sort of tipping their hats to Louis Armstrong and Earl Father Hines without actually covering the tunes that those two recorded as a duo in 1928. They're very much picking up where those gentlemen left off. This is Lil Hardin's Wild Man Blues. Roy Eldridge. 
and Claude Bolling. Face the music. Mm-hmm. 